Welcome to Smash Avo Property. Today, I'm speaking with Jackie Boy again. We've had a huge response to Jack Henderson's first podcast back in episode nine. So we wanted to catch up with him and see how he's coping in the current environment. Jack was also kind enough to give us some insight into what he's doing with his portfolio under the current circumstances, his view on the property sector moving forward, and if he thinks it's a good time to get into the market. Uh, mate, I think if you weren't thinking about buying investment property prior to this and now all of a sudden this has happened and you want to buy a property, it's probably not a good time to do it. As always, seek your own professional financial, legal, taxation, and property investing advice for your current situation. Everything we talk about is just our opinion and general in nature and should never be considered as personal advice. Jack Henderson, welcome back to Smash Over Property. Mate, thank you very, very much for having me on again. Usually people will um, have me on once, they block my number, delete my email address and never talk to me again. So that's a rude shock when I got a second invitation. <laughs> Mate, I can't get enough of you, especially those uh, budgie smugglers that you're posting on LinkedIn every second day. Mate, it's a, um, it's a bit of a brand building exercise. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, mate. It's a, it transitioned from the, the white shorts to the budgie. So I wonder what's going to be next. It's all, that's what everyone's thinking, mate. That's what everyone's thinking. They never know what to expect <laughs> with me. No, I love it, mate. And uh, I think the reason for getting you back on is just, um, you know, you're, you're a bit of a, an influencer in my world and um, I lo- love to watch and see what you're up to and uh, love watching your journey and how you track and everything like that. And obviously we're in a a bit of an interesting time right now with, with what's going on with the virus and everything else like that. And I don't want to just have another virus conversation, but I want to chat to you as, as someone who's, you know, sort of recently just started his, his buyer's agent journey. Well, not recently, but, you know, giving it, giving it a red hot crack and um, how you're tracking what you're doing and all that sort of stuff. But really to get us started, I mean, how are you seeing the property market right now? What's going on out there? What's the sort of sentiment and, and, and the feel? Yeah, good question, mate. And I'm getting that question a lot off many different people from many different walks of life. Um, and in terms of the market as a whole, obviously, as you know, I don't look at the market as a whole. I always look at different markets and sub-markets within those markets. But I think there's a common denominator across all of the markets and it's uncertainty. Um, people don't know what's going to happen and people don't know what's going to happen. A lot of people tend to just sit on the fence regardless of they're buying a $500,000 property or they're spending $10 million. So the, the, the common thing across all these different markets is uncertainty and um, you know, with uncertainty and less buyers in the market comes, you know, lower prices and less demand. And so I guess as a whole, that there's, there's a definitely a lot of opportunity out there at the moment. If you're comparing, you know, what prices are right now and what things are selling for to, to, to sort of six months ago or, or even six weeks ago. Like it's, it's changed dramatically. Um, but if you're in the position to take advantage of what's happening right now, you're, you're, you're a very fortunate person, but you just have to be very, very calculated with what you're doing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy to see because there's so many talks of how long this is going to play out for. Is it a six-month thing? Is it a three-month thing? Is it a 12-month thing? And then how does that correlate to the property market? And it's that whole sort of f- fear factor as well is, is do we get in now? Do we not get in now? What do we wait for prices to go down? And, you know, the media doesn't help with all the sort of stuff that they report and the, the way they that rate they reported and yeah, it's just, you're right, mate. It's a, it's a bit of a confusing moment at the time, but I think, you know, if you've got a, a grasp on your finances and in a, in a strong position, you, you know, you're comfortable in your job. Um, you know, it, it might be worth looking into taking advantage of, of the type of market that we're in. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think people who are looking at it, um, you know, with the, the vision that we're going to wait until the market bottoms or it's there's still going to be another 10% um, drop or, or whatever happens, like it, if you're looking at the market like that and trying to take advantage of it like that, then you're already, you're already in the wrong mindset and you're already doing things wrong because, um, you know, if you're buying an asset of that much value and your only reason you're buying it is because you could think you can get a discount to what it was, you know, six months ago, um, it's probably not the smartest idea because you're meant to be buying these things for 10 or 20 years, you know? Mm. And if you're trying to save 5% right now and, 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 you know, scrounge around for every last penny, um, rather than worrying about I'm in the position to buy, let's just take advantage of the opportunities that come up. And that's the, uh, the approach I'd be taking. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, it's, it's, if, if you're waiting for, for six months or 12 months or however long you think this is going to play out for and think that you're going to pick the bottom and buy right at the bottom, then you never know what's going to be on the market at the bottom. It might just be, you know, the worst of the worst stock or, or the people who, you know, can't afford to hold on to their property. And so, um, you just don't know what type of class of asset is going to be available then either. So if you, if you can take action now, why not? And, and, talking about that sort of process of buying at the moment, obviously inspections are pretty different in, in these sort of circumstances. I mean, uh, as a buyer's agent, are you still doing uh, inspections quite regularly and, and what do they sort of look like in, in this situation? Mate, it doesn't really change for me too much, to be honest, only because the majority of the stuff I do is private inspection anyway. I don't ever want to be there with the, the, the crowds of everyone on Thursdays and Saturdays and the majority of the, the property that I'm buying for clients is off market or pre-market and no one else is there when I'm there. So it doesn't really feel any different to me, to be completely honest with you. Um, but you know, on the odd occasion when you do have to have a private appointment, what agents are trying to do is, um, you know, if there's five people that want to get through that property, they generally have those private appointments back to back to back to back. Um, that's strategic as well as um, trying to make the most of their time. The strategic component of it is obviously if you walk through a property privately, come out and see four other buyers waiting to go inside of that property, that creates that sense of urgency and that creates a sense of competition. And obviously agents want to make the, uh, the most of their time and not have to drive to a property five separate times in the day. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, a lot of buyers or potential buyers or buyers agent leverage that sort of information they get from a typical open home. You know, they can see if it's busy, they can see who's looking through your contract or who's asking the agent what sorts of questions. And you can sort of relay that information back to the client and try and relate it to the demand that is for that type of property. And speaking of demand, and I know you alluded to, you know, the Australian property market being broken up into you know thousands of sub markets before, but, you know, it, are you currently seeing demand still for specific areas or specific markets within Australia? Definitely, mate. Um, is the demand the same as it was six weeks ago? Absolutely not. Mm. Um, is Are you getting better prices right now? Absolutely. Yes, you are. How long that will last, nobody knows. But look, there are still things that are selling, um, you know, within a week of being on the market. So there's definitely things still selling. There's definitely still demand there. There's just less demand. Um, the thing that to really take notice of in, in these times is the things that are selling and why those properties are selling, um, you know, quicker than the other 10 or 20 properties sitting on the market in that same area that, you know, represent the same value. So that's something that I really take notice of because something that's selling in probably the most uncertain time that we've ever had in our lifetime um, 
with everything that's going on, if they're selling now, imagine what they're going to sell for in in really, really good times. So it's a, it's a good time to take notice of that, regardless if you're buying right now or not. It's why these properties are selling for you know well above um, what the other properties are selling for that are similar to it. Yeah, scarcity. exactly. Yes, it is the other way. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that you know that's why they hold their value so well as well, because the people who generally own these these A grade types of properties, uh, you know, been sitting on on them for twenty, thirty years, as uh, you might say, and um, you know, they, they don't have any debt against the mortgage. They're they're sitting quite comfortably. And if they were to sell, if they're you know older and downgrading, or or you know trying to upgrade at some point in time, they've they've got time to sit on the property, wait for the market to sort of stabilize back out, and then they can take action from there where and that's where the value really retains itself where you know some of the the, the lower class property or, or people that um you know in certain sectors that have lost their jobs and can't afford to hold on to their mortgage per se but even in that circumstance i mean the government's pl- plucking in plenty of stimulus to try and keep pick people afloat so um yeah it's a bit of a, a bit of a hard one to say and it, and it does all come down to demand and supply so uh, are you seeing sort of supply shrinkage already are, are people taking their their listings off the market i mean how how's that sort of supply level looking at the moment yeah so for the markets that i work in um and i, I obviously track very very closely supply is 110 percent down um, but like it, it sort of levels itself because supply is down and buyers are down, but because the numbers have both come down together, um, there is still buyers around for the properties that are on the market. You know, there's just not the urgency factor that was there six weeks ago, or eight weeks ago. Um, but yeah, it, it, to, to answer short to your question is supply is definitely down. And the thing to take notice of right now is people are only selling for a reason. So someone's only selling because they need to sell because of you know, financial distress or they need to sell because they've bought something else or they're opportunistic and they think if they're upgrading from a million dollar property to a $2 million property and they've both been shaved or gotten haircuts by 10%, um, you know, they're, they're going to, to make up $100,000 in that transaction. So... Um, there's yeah, there's, there's still people selling, but they're, they're not just selling because they want to feel what the market has to offer. They're selling for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're spot on there, mate. And and pushing forward into that sort of environment, do you think that we're going to continuously see the property market d- d- demand and supply come down? I mean, how how do you think? Well, your specific market is going to be looking sort of in the next three to six months. Um, well, look, I work in the eastern suburbs of Sydney you know a bit of inner west bit of lower north shore and upper north shore and newcastle um are are there going to be all these distressed sellers and and forced sales and massive price drops that everyone's predicting i don't believe so only for the simple reason that the government's doing everything they possibly can to make people not have to do that you know like let's put your mortgage on hold or let's give you the stimulus if you've lost your job and like there's so many different things out there that um are trying to deter a market crash. So I don't think there's going to be the massive drops people think there's going to be. Um, But look, time will tell what the market will look like in six to nine months. I think this is going to be something that hangs around for quite a while, regardless if the virus is still rampant or not, the government's just not going to let everyone go back to living their normal life. You know, once we've got it under control, I think things will slowly be, be opened back up and there'll be so much caution around everything that we do. Um, so it's going to be an interesting six to nine months, but, uh, I don't think there's going to be the massive drops because people 
are not going to be selling because they're not going to have to because of all this stimulus. Um, and if there's already low stock levels, there's a few buyers out there. So things will transact. And if they transact at a, a lower price point, because there will be so few few transactions, we're not really going to get a really good gauge on what's happening. Yeah, and it's almost not false reporting, but sort of under-reporting because, you know, if there's only, if, a, if an area has gone from, you know, 20 transactions a week to one transaction a week and it's at a significantly lower price point due to financial circumstances changing, then it's, um, you know, it's still going to get reported on and, and we're going to see the data flow through eventually, but it's going to be almost inaccurate because it's not, you know, those trading volumes aren't the same as, as what they were. And obviously it's different circumstances. So um, yeah, it's a bit of a, bit of a hard one to say. And I think you're spot on with, you know, the, the time constraints there. I mean, even if we are looking at six months to a sort of slower recovery, there's there's always the the wave two that people are concerned about. You know, once we come out of this sort of lockdown and everyone's like, yep, back to normal life again, um, will there be a phase two? And will we have to go on a lockdown phase two? And you know, normally if we if we look at history and the the flu pandemics that have come through on history, it's usually phase two that's the worst part of it. So. Um, I think, you know, as a, as a country and, and as a community together, we need to really um, bunker down together, keep each other safe and, and ride it out to the worst thing. And, and as you say, you know, the government's keeping people employed as much as possible. They're trying to um, help, help keep people, you know, paying their rent and, you know, keeping their mortgages by implementing all these different policies and all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a long journey, but, uh, and, and speaking of, you know, that, that sort of long journey and, and however long this does take, do you, do you see the property market sort of returning to, you know, how it was sort of tracking after that sort of V shaped recovery? Uh, I can't say why not, mate. Um, look, depending on how bad the job losses get and how bad buyer sentiment gets, which no one knows, but if it doesn't get any worse than this and it only gets better from here, um, I can't see why it will. Like interest rates are at all-time lows. There's going to be a ridiculous amount of stimulus in the, the system. Um, you know, people are going to go from not buying or not doing anything from, you know, for six to nine months being locked in their houses to all of a sudden getting freedom and, and just going nuts with regardless if that's buying property or going for dinner or whatever happens. It's just going to be a massive uplift in happiness and what people are doing. So that's going to have an on-flow effect to the property market for sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, as a as a young gun that you are, and um, you know, kill, killing it as as I, I would say, seeing your LinkedIn and stuff. I mean, you, you've sort of started your, your buyer's agent journey, and obviously, this has had a, a big impact on you know, sort of uh, your, your production and, and your your workflow and your clients and all that sort of stuff. I mean, what are you sort of implementing to to get through this period? Uh, mate, it's just about being realistic and having good perspe- perspective, right? where a majority of our loss in Australia to most people is just financial. And if that's all we've got to worry about, then it's not a very big deal to be completely honest with you. Um, And just having the right cash buffers in place, like we always talk about, but not many people actually would do because they never think something like this is going to happen. So mate, it's pretty much smooth sailing for me. We just got to do 150% more work to get 10%, you know, of the result, which is just the times we are in, but no, it's, it's, just having good perspective, realizing that it's it's not going to be forever, and smiling and going about my day like I usually would, mate. <laughs> That's all we can do, <laughs> eh? You know, even if we've got to work from home or think things are different, we're all in it together, and so you know, everyone's going through hardships and all that sort of stuff. So all we can do is is help each other get past it. 
exactly. I'm not too worried about anything, mate. Like, it's sure it's bad. And, um, you know, some people are really feeling some financial pain and there's people that have died. But in the grand scheme of things, it's um, it's a blip in time and it's not that bad, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, yeah, spot on. And it's interesting, you know, you, you talk about the cash buffers and, you know, it not really being implemented for most. It's going to be uh, interesting to see after all of this sort of passes how that sort of scenario all sort of plays out and have people, you know, is everyone going to be having offset accounts with three to six months worth of cash buffers ready for, for this type of stuff again? And then, you know, how long before people get comfortable and, and start spending that money until it goes back into the economy? Like, it's going to be interesting to see how, how that plays out and, and how people's financial and money management skills sort of uh, develop over the next, you know, three to six years. Um, now, you know, given the typical Warren Buffett's quote, you know, be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy, I think, you know, you, you sort of have alluded to people getting in or, or if they can at the moment, but do you think now is a, a good time for someone to be looking at an investment or even upgrading their family home? Uh, mate, I think if you weren't thinking about buying investment property prior to this and now all of a sudden this has happened and you want to buy a property, it's probably not a good time to do it because you, you're obviously only doing it because you think you can get something cheap or, um, you know, make a quick dollar. But look, if you were looking for investment properties or thinking about doing it last year and you were, you know, regardless if this happened or not, you were going to get into the marketplace and you're in a safe position, you've got stable income and all the rest of it, then yeah, sure. Why would you not buy a property that was, you know, six months or six weeks ago, 10 or 15% more expensive? Um, so it's definitely a good time. If you're, and the same thing for a family home, if you're only upgrading family homes now because this has happened, then no, I don't think you should be doing it. Um, but if you were always thinking about it and you're in, the, and you're in a comfortable position to do so, then sure, sell your property at a, a 10% loss to what it was worth six weeks ago or for, you know, eight weeks ago and buy something that's more expensive that you're also getting a, a bit of a haircut on. So um, I just don't think people should be jumping into a market when they never were going to do it anyway because of what's happening. Like it's opportunistic buyers uh, are usually only in it for short-term gains anyway, which is not, not the uh, right reason. Yeah, spot on. And I think, as you mentioned before, you know, it's a it's a 10-year play minimum, you know, 20, 30 or forever if you can, you play. And so if, if you're just getting into property now because your Uncle Barry's rung you and said the property market's going to crash by 30%, you better get in and, um, you know, ride the, ride the wave back up, then maybe property isn't for you. And it's a, it's a long process and there's planning and things to talk about. I mean, we do talk about having cash buffers and, and savings and all that sort of stuff. And so, you know, it, it takes years uh, for people to save enough money for a deposit to get into the property market. So you can't just um, start now or, you know, sell all your shares and decide that you're changing asset classes just because someone's told you the property market's going to take off again. But, um, you know, I think, I think you're spot on with if it's a pre-planned thing or, you know, maybe even if it, um, you weren't planning for it this year or next year, but you're in a good, strong position, then maybe it's worth doing some research and um, thinking about it. But, um, and, yeah. and, and what about, I think though, the, the, the thing is if you, if you, were, if you were going to buy and now all of a sudden you've been put off buying, now you're not going to buy because of the uncertainty, I think that's a wrong move. You know, like there's a lot of people in that boat, I would say, that are, we're going to buy and they're in the market and now all of a sudden they're like, oh, no, we're going to sit on the sideline now because we think it's going to drop. That's the wrong mindset and the wrong thing to be doing. Um, uh, obviously, if you, your circumstance hasn't changed at all in terms of your career, um, and your income and everything's quite stable. I still think you should be 
taking more caution and taking your time, but you still should be actively looking in the marketplace because there's going to be things that come up um, that would not have come up previously that you can take full advantage of. Yeah, I think you're spot on. And it's all, um, you know, if you think the property market's going to crash significantly, then, um, you know, you're thinking too short term, you're thinking six months, you're thinking nine months, you're thinking 12 months, where, uh, as we keep saying, you know, the the game is 10 years minimum. And so you've got to think about how the property market or, or the, your property area might look in, in that sort of time frame, and, and really is a, you know, 10, 10% loss, additional 10% loss going to be impacted or be a significant amount at that point in time. I mean, that's that something you got to analyze and look at and, and understand as well. I think you're spot on there, Jack. And, and, and about, you know, what about your portfolio? I mean, is there anything that you're planning to do in this sort of season? Are you refinancing? I mean, what's, um, what does it look like for you? Mate, so I actually just did a big refinance at the end of last year before I jumped into this business. So that won't be happening now for another two years. Um, but yeah, so my portfolio will just be sitting pretty, mate. Funnily enough, though, you think blue chip areas don't get affected by this sort of thing in terms of the, the type of tenants you have. Um, you know, I've got a property in Maroubra that I've had the tenants contact my property manager and say, we've all, you know, three people in it and they, they've all either lost their job or had their hours cut. Um, so, you know, that, that's obviously going to have an effect on me in terms of the, the amount of rent they can pay. So, um, you know, the, the portfolio is going to sit pretty, but regardless if you've got a $300,000 property or, or a $1.1 million property like that one is, it's, it's, it, people are getting affected across the board. And what that's made me think about is, um, you know, you, you want to have your property tenanted for, you know, 100% of the time because you don't want to have vacancy periods because they cost you money. But being a lot more, um, I guess, you know, use, going through your, your potential tenants with a fine tooth comb and really taking into account how they can be affected in, you know, things like this. Look, we're probably not going to see something like this for another 100 years, but it really makes you think, uh, is it worth getting, you know, premium rent or maybe take a little clip off the rent and, and getting a tenant that's in a more stable job or, or um, you know, stable career, I think. So that's something that I'm thinking about. Yeah, for sure. That's um, and I, I love you. I love that you brought that up, and um, you know, we're we're kind enough to share that with us because it's a, you know, it's probably a, a hardship that a lot of listeners are going through, or property investors are going through at the moment. Um, there's lots of circumstance changes, and tenants are losing their jobs, and all that sort of stuff. And I think it's um, you know, critical to do that tenant, you know, process correctly and have the right property manager in place that's going to be presenting the right types of tenants to you and. You know, it's all it's all well and good to, as you say, you know, get some premium rent and have some young guns in there that are all, you know, willing to do the same thing. But you know, as it, it is a one in one hundred year thing, so we're probably not going to go through it again. Hopefully, but um, you know, it, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, every year we've had something significant happen. You know, last last you know, two thousand seventeen was APRA changing the lending restrictions and that brought the housing market down and then the GFC and there's all these things in between and anything can happen at any year. And so that, that tenant selection process is crucial to uh, maintaining that, that cash flow in your portfolio. So um, thanks for sharing that exactly. with us, mate. But um, 100% buddy. Uh, and, and really, I mean, is it, there any final words for people going through some hardship at the time at the moment? Mate, I, um, if it's Australian listeners, then I, I 
I think the biggest thing is just having perspective. Like people's hardship at the moment is financial. And it just shows like you look at what the government's doing in terms of you lost your job, your business has been cut by 30 or more than 30%. You know, you can't pay your rent. There's all of these things in place to, to make it as comfortable as possible for you. You know, anywhere in the world, and that's not happening. You know, like yeah, the Western world, sure, we're all very blessed, but anywhere else in the, the third world is not happening. So it's like, fuck, I think um, it's just, yeah, look look at how things aren't really that bad, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, yeah, that's, I think that's... That's, that's my my put on thing. Sure, it's it's a shit time, especially someone like me who's growing a business and had such a great end to last year and start to, to this year. It's disheartening. Mm. because things were going so well but it's um you know it's funny i had a, i had a chat actually this will put put things in into perspective i had a chat with a friend the other day who um who has uh, not like yeah leukemia he's got leukemia mm. um and you know he he beat that or he thought he beat it um you know went into remission i think it's called uh and then i, I shouted at me the other day i said oh hey mate how's everything going and he said oh I went back to the hospital the other day and they found a, a tumor on my, the, the bottom of my skull and the top of my spinal cord. Gosh. And it's just like, like it, it just puts things in there, especially like, fuck, everything you, people are worrying about. If they got told that news right now, do you really think they're worrying about losing their job or not being able to pay their rent or, you know, their business not going as well as it once was? So, yeah, it's just, it, it, it's just a, a thing to really think about. There's a lot of other shit going on in the world that is a lot worse. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that's what this whole sort of working from home and having the family around and having a bit more time, sort of everyone's coming to the conclusion now, what, what it does really matter in life is, you know, should we be spending more time with our family? Should we be spending more time with our kids and reading them books and putting them to bed and tucking them in? And it's all that sort of, um, what, what, what does life mean? What, what do we get out of life? I mean, when the economy's booming full steam ahead, it's all fun and games and everyone's making money, but you know, the days go past pretty quickly too. So it's, it's all about discovering what, what our lives actually mean and, and what we want out of them. And I think, you know, for the most part, we should be thankful that we are in Australia because there is so much stimulus and, you know, so many things are coming through to, to help us sort of stabilize and get through this period. I mean, imagine if we're in a country that, um, you know, could, didn't have the, the hospitals or didn't have the accommodation or didn't have the stimulus to sort of get us through this period. And, you know, everyone was getting sick. I mean, at the start of this thing, you know, early sort of Jan, all the um, doctors were saying, you know, 65 to 70% of the population is going to get this. And if you look at the numbers in Australia and how it's been tracking where, you know, we, we've, we've significantly fallen off the cliff of, you know, daily, daily numbers or daily cases. And so, you know, we should be thankful that we're in a country that has implemented and, you know, locked us down and, and done the right things. Um, some, some wouldn't say early enough, but, you know, if you look at the numbers, it seems to be doing a pretty good job. Um, and, and, you know, sucks we're at home where we're not doing much the economy's not churning but at least we're we're healthy and safe and spending some time with our families 110 percent, mate that's exactly how i look at it well jack mate it's uh it's always a pleasure chatting to you uh, i think uh keep, keep doing what you're doing mate you you provide a, a really good in-depth lot of content to a lot of people um you're definitely a, a a little bit of a mentor of mine i'm i'm scared to say it but there you go um but, uh... <laughs> hey, next time you do a podcast jump into budgie smugglers that's what a real mentor needs to see i think uh i think we'll do a a, a video one for that mate how does that sound 
100%. Sounds like an absolute <laughs> player. No, I, I appreciate you having me on, mate, to share my thoughts. I always love having a yarn with Jack. He's a cracking bloke, very insightful, and has an enormously grounded approach to investing. I want to know if you guys enjoy these repeat guest discussions, or if you'd like me to continue to get new, younger investors onto the show. You can let me know through LinkedIn, or flick me an email at hi at jordandeyong.com. I'm always looking for more guests to come onto the show. If you're under 30 and have one or more investment properties, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, I would love to talk to you about it. Even if you're interested into getting into the property sector, let's have a chat. The main focus is to help other soon-to-be young investors with tips and tricks along the journey. Learn from the mistakes that we have made and ignite the fire to set themselves up financially for the rest of their lives. If you're interested in sharing a story, you can go to jordandeyong.com forward slash podcast, where there's a podcast inquiry button at the top that will guide you through the next steps. If you want to see what else I'm up to, you can go to YouTube and type in Jordan DeYong, where you'll find the Smashed Every Property podcast being hosted on YouTube and plenty of other content that I'm putting out consistently. If you're keen for more content like this, make sure you subscribe and please give us a review with any feedback for future podcasts. And until next time, happy house hunting.